Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes available every Sunday and Monday morning. The inspiration for this podcast was a desire to write, share, and talk about things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or share it with friends. If you enjoy this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a monthly donation by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at Love Letters and Mixtapes. So this week, I wanted to explore a particular journey into the self. And no, I'm not talking about self-esteem, self-love, or self-care. And while I personally believe that each one of those things is so very important, I actually wanted to focus on something that we often overlook, and that is self-trust. There was a really poignant scene in one of the early seasons of the show Shameless, where Fiona, the main character who has tons of trust abandonment and codependency issues, tells her boyfriend that she trusts him. And she says, that's bigger to me than I love you. Trusting you is a bigger deal than loving you. And I always love that scene because it highlights the difference between those two things, trust and love. We can love someone and not trust them, or we can trust someone and not love them. But how powerful is it when those two things happen at the same time and they are directed at ourselves? Before we begin talking about what rebuilding self-trust looks like, let's take a look at what it feels like to lose trust in ourselves. This can happen in a variety of ways, and I may not even cover all the ways that it has happened in your own life, but I'm sure that you can resonate with some of the feelings that I'm about to describe. Sometimes we lose self-trust based on something that we have done. Maybe choices that we have made that might not have been in our best interest. Maybe self-sabotaging behaviors or just not existing as our highest selves. Or maybe even engaging in harmful behavior or addictions and all of the character defects that accompany them. Other times, we lose self-trust based on life circumstances. Maybe we go through a cycle of loss or grief or really challenging experiences that either tax us physically, mentally, financially, or emotionally. And while we may understand as adults that this is simply life on life's terms and that everyone goes through these cycles sometimes, they can still shake us to our core. Other times, we might lose self-trust based on a relationship or connection to another person who did not have our best interest at heart, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And this can happen in all of our relationships. It can happen in romantic partnerships when there's dishonesty or infidelity. It can happen when one or both people in the relationship suddenly realize that this relationship that they thought was forever, that was unconditional love, 
has suddenly come to an end, and your lives are completely turned on their heads. It can happen in friendships and family relationships when the trust and energy that we have invested in these relationships is taken for granted, not reciprocated, and we turn around one day and we just don't recognize the person who has been saying that they care about us. Maybe we've had an experience with perspecticide or an experience where someone was gaslighting us. And I know I don't talk about gaslighting much on this podcast because I feel like it's one of those pop culture buzzwords that is currently being distorted and misinterpreted and it's getting thrown around a lot in situations where it actually doesn't apply because it's a very particular thing. It's not just someone disagreeing with you. It's deeply distorting perception, making you doubt your perception of reality. And maybe you've had an experience with that and coming out of that, your self-trust is deeply challenged. Maybe it happens in our professional lives. Something that we have worked so hard for doesn't either come to fruition or doesn't offer us the return that we thought it would. Or maybe we lose our job abruptly and it throws us into a tailspin of fear, self-doubt, self-consciousness, and financial jeopardy. Sometimes our lack of self-trust manifests as imposter syndrome, and I've talked about that on this podcast before. I've actually done a whole episode on it, and I heard back from so many of you after that episode, and you were all saying the same things, that you had no idea that there was a word to describe this thing that you've been experiencing most of your life. And if we're going through this, maybe we end up talking ourselves out of relationships or talking ourselves out of opportunities or we downplay our accomplishments and our capacity due to our distorted and grandiose fears of failure. The common thread in each of these scenarios is that while other people or systems are involved, it's actually the relationship with our self-trust that might be the most challenging to repair. And it's not the one that we automatically think to address first or even at all because there is so little conversation about self-reflection or accountability in a world where we're generally encouraged to diagnose other people or point a finger or automatically place blame. I think that sometimes we are encouraged to avoid that altogether and only focus on relationships with other people, to only nurture relationships with other people, only strengthen and heal and explore relationships with other people, instead of harnessing that energy and using it to heal, get to know, and to trust ourselves more. I think that the relationship we have with ourselves is actually a template for how we can interact with the rest of the world. And I don't say that in a punitive or harming way, like if you don't love yourself, you're never going to receive love. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying when I can pause and take a moment and try to understand where this thought is coming from in myself, 
I probably have a better reflex for doing that with other people. Now, a great example is that if there is infidelity in our relationships and our partner cheats on us and they've been lying to us, maybe manipulating us, there can be an intense focus on blaming them or forgiving them or getting over it or taking an action like ending the relationship or moving out. But through all of that, So rarely are we encouraged to talk about what it's like to be cheated on and to be lied to and to know that sometimes these things make us not trust ourselves. It makes us doubt our intuition and our discernment and how all of those things begin to pop up and impact other areas of our lives. And I know that it can feel like, well, I was just cheated on in my relationship. How does that affect me at work? How does that impact my relationship with friends? But there has been a breach of trust and you are in a process of recounting all of the conversations and interactions and all of the gut checks and intuition that you experience and you're going over it, over it, over it in your mind that is going to begin to affect other areas of your life. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's such a human experience. And I think that we need to honor it instead of try to run away from it. Another helpful example might be being in a relationship with someone who is struggling with addiction. There is so much deception and manipulation and denial that occurs in these relationships. And over time, we can begin to lose touch with our inner knowing. Our self-trust is replaced with denial or survival. And so often in these relationships, the focus is on the person who is experiencing or suffering from the addiction and not on what is happening to the person who is their partner or their mother or brother you know, or their sibling, someone who is directly impacted by this relationship and this experience. I mean, that's why they have that program, Al-Anon, specifically for that, because it is a disease and experience that doesn't just affect the person who is in active addiction. It affects the people that come in contact with that person and attempt to have a relationship with them, whether that's intimate, whether that's familial, whether that's friendship or someone you work with. Now, sometimes we have one of the experiences I mentioned, and we don't even recognize the person that we see when we look at ourselves in the mirror, which makes it all the more challenging to repair this relationship with ourselves. It can also be challenging because so often we deny ourselves the compassion, grace, or understanding that we would so readily extend to others. So in that last example of a relationship with a person suffering from addiction, you know, we might have a lot of compassion and understanding for them, but we might be very harsh with ourselves and beat ourselves up. And in those moments, this topic of lacking self-trust can come up. We can begin to perseverate on the red flags that we missed. 
We can beat ourselves up over our lack of hypervigilance and say things to ourselves like, I shouldn't have relaxed. I shouldn't have trusted them. I should have just double checked or I should have known better. And we can get stuck in this cycle, which divorces us from learning the lessons presented in the situation. Because beating ourselves up over a lack of prescience might be easier than developing the emotional agility needed to offer ourselves compassion. And I wanted to talk about this topic today because it's definitely an issue that has risen to the surface as a major pain point in my own life and relationships. Not because I'm so special. I think if we are out there in the stream of life, living, working, growing, we encounter these situations that test us and they invite us to level up and form a closer bond with ourselves at the precise moment that we want to run away from ourselves. And if we're honest, I'm sure that we can agree that it can be embarrassing given all that we have learned and experienced and grown through that trust, self-trust, would become not an obstacle in the way of our path, but become our actual path at times. Like that is our path of leveling up and knowing ourselves more. The path of self-trust is rarely one that we would ever choose for ourselves because it can be so complicated and layered. And I know that if given the option to choose any emotional hardships to learn or grow through, self-trust would have been at the bottom of my own list which is probably why it's been the long and winding road of the last few years for me. And I completely agree that relationship work happens in a deep and transformative way when we do that work in relationship with others. But when we talk about self-trust, the work is really personal. And believe it or not, Sometimes that can be more uncomfortable than relationship work. As I was putting together this episode, I wrote down several questions that I have used in my own journal prompts to strengthen and support my self-trust journey, and I thought I'd share some of them with you. Am I holding myself back or avoiding success and fulfillment because I fear that I won't be able to handle another disappointment? Do I shy away from float-back work where I can identify and connect parallels of mistrust with myself in my past? When I think about a painful touchstone memory, what image represents the worst part? When I bring up that image in my mind, What emotions do I feel now? And where do I feel those emotions in my body? Do I refuse to consider that my perceived losses and failures are actually the foundation of my future success? Do I consistently gravitate toward worst-case scenarios of harm, loss, self-loathing, or self-abandonment? How can I introduce float-forward techniques 
to identify and reprocess anticipatory anxiety and create positive future templates. Am I willing to process, address, and grow through blocks, reluctance, resistance, self-sabotage, or secondary gains and losses? Am I willing to let go of my rigid and repetitive story of what I believe will happen, what I believe will harm me, or what I believe I deserve? Will I allow myself to ask, what is the worst thing that could happen if I did blank? What is the worst thing that could happen if I got rid of this problem? What is the worst thing that could happen if I set limits with blank about their expectations of me? And last, can I anchor and stand in the truth of who I am, no matter where I am, no matter what is happening, and no matter who is surrounding me? Now I know that there is intense pushback on any work with the self as it can be seen as selfish. But I also know that in order to stand balanced, rooted, and impactful in community, we do have to get in right relationship with ourselves in order for those relationships to be sustainable. The relationships that we have with ourselves are the most important relationships in our lives. We have been with ourselves through everything. Every loss, every success, every milestone, every moment of shame, joy, love, and confusion. You know, there's this line in the big book that I love, and it says, we can't transmit something we haven't got. And I have found that to be true every single time. So when we trust ourselves deeply, we can extend that trust to others. When we trust ourselves deeply, Nothing can shake our core, compromise our values, or influence our behavior and communication. So how do we get back to ourselves and rebuild that relationship of trust? Number one, forgiveness and acceptance. I am definitely one of those people who can beat myself up over anything and everything and do it forever. I probably cringed about something that I did or said when I was 11 years old today. But forgiveness and acceptance creates a foundation for us to build on. Self-forgiveness doesn't mean we want to get hurt again or that whatever situation we were in was okay. It just means that we can approach ourselves and the facts of the situation from a place of neutrality. We can live in the reality of the experience. And once we do that, we can think clearly and behave accordingly. Number two, we acknowledge that this is just part of our journey. It is not a detour. This is it. This is the path that we're on. These things happen. If we are existing in an imperfect world full of imperfect humans, including ourselves, we are bound to have these experiences at some point. It doesn't make us wrong or bad. 
Everything that happens in our lives can be grist for the mill. Number three, building emotional muscles of discernment. We can practice discernment in our everyday experiences, interactions, and relationships. The process of discernment within judgment involves going past the mere perception of something and making nuanced judgments about its properties or qualities. And that can look like making it a habit to ask yourself, is this thing true? How does this feel in my body? What is my intuition telling me about this person, place, or thing? What information is missing? Does this sound right, look right, or feel right? And the more that we do this, the more we develop this skill and tune into our intuition and discernment so that it really does guide and serve us in more complicated situations. Number four, and this might be the trickiest one, be in the world as your whole self. Lacking self-trust, feelings of imposter syndrome, fears of not being enough, they can all lead us to shut down and close off parts of ourselves, to compartmentalize, to show up as less, to receive less. We may begin to tell ourselves that everyone else has this life thing figured out and we should be less like ourselves and more like someone else. And while I understand that impulse, I think it is more informative than it is a directive. Developing self-trust means knowing, respecting, and honoring who we are in the present moment with all of our flaws, and to do so with compassion rather than an intense impulse to move towards perfection. We can begin to tell ourselves a story about who we think the world thinks we are or should be. So let's do the opposite. Let's take up space. Let's be the fullest expression of ourselves and trust that the world is a beautiful place and we belong here. Number five, renew your vows. And I don't mean your vows with anyone else. Renew your commitment to yourself. Take the time to write keep and renew sacred vows of care, respect, and devotion to the person you were, the person you are today, and the person that you will become. Promise to stand by your own side for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, when you make mistakes or your character defects flare up, or you don't make the best decisions, or You make decisions based on the skills and information you have at the time. Vow to love and honor yourself all the days of your life. You know, I mentioned this earlier. The relationship we have with ourselves is the longest and most intimate relationship that we will have in our entire life. So let's work on it. Let's court ourselves, celebrate anniversaries and propose new commitments and adventures. Clarissa Pinkola Estes is one of my favorite writers, and in her incredible book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, she said, 
The only trust required is to know that when there is one ending, there will be another beginning. I want to close out this episode with a reminder that if you have found yourself in a situation where you have to rebuild your trust in your thoughts, intuition, behavior, or decision-making, that you are not alone. You don't have to be perfect. And that no matter how few people openly speak about this, we all go through this cycle of death and rebirth at times. I trust you, and I believe in you, and I know that you can do this. Until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Check out this week's playlist on my personal Spotify account, and join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at Love Letters and Mixtapes. If you enjoy this episode, consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio.